Today, I want to talk to you about financial margin. And man, what a perfect time to talk about financial margin, right? When everybody and their mama's probably broke, busted, and disgusted because they spent everything on Christmas, right? You, you, there's probably no more of a stressful time of the year than there is right now, right? No, no better time to talk about financial margin than when? Right now, right? Some of us don't have financial margin. Just like with relational margin, just like with health and and all those other types of margins that you need in your life, some of you don't have financial margin. And man, your financial marginless living is wrecking your family. It's wrecking your life. So I just want to ask you a question this morning. I want you to be as totally honest as you can. Remember, you are in church. So I want you to I want you to raise your hand if you occasionally or often deal with financial stress. Raise your hand. Hold it up. Now I want you to to look around. Look around at how many people struggle with financial stress. Do you see this? You see, you're not the only one. Do you know that financial stress is the new normal? Right? You can go right now with a bankruptcy on your on your record and finance a car. Let me tell you something. If you want to get financed, go buy a car. They got people in the waitings to finance people with bad credit. And instead of fixing our credit and turning around and saving some money and then going and buying a car the right way, what do we do? We take the option. Oh, oh, you can. But I got I got this on my record. I got that. Don't worry about that. We got, I know a guy. <laughs> yeah. And he's the guy who's going to call you every week on the week to ask for his payment. I remember we financed one time with this person. It wasn't a person, but with this company. And they would always call me three days before my bill was due. I got so mad. I'm like, dude, I just put it in the mail today. Well, yes, sir, Mr. Tyler, but our records show that, you know, your date's coming up. I'm like, talk about cause stress. I know people that have multiple telephone numbers so they can dodge collection C agencies or collections agencies. Where's the margin in that? The margin in getting another phone number? That's not margin. That's ducking and hiding. You're running with somebody else's money. It's the new normal. Finance yourself to the max. Credit yourself out as far as you can. Carry as much debt as you can. When people say, I want to be debt free, when you say those words debt free today, people go, what? Huh? What the heck you want to do that for? Why, why do you want to pay that off? You know how I know that? Because that's been me. Honestly, for most of my adult life. I wasn't taught. And that's an excuse that I can use. But I am old enough to have a brain and learn. 
and stop using that excuse. Right? And we've made some changes and we've created margin in our finances. And let me tell you something. Mama's a whole lot happier when you got a little margin in your finances. <laughs> right? Because men, we're good at saying, oh, it's going to be all right. And the women are going, oh, no, it ain't. <laughs> you better get you another job. <laughs> and make some real money. But the sad thing is what usually happens is you get another job, you make more money, and then you end up spending more. We've been talking about margin is the, is the amount available beyond what is necessary. It's the difference between what you have and what you need. That's margin. It's the difference between what you have and what you need. That's margin. It's just margin. We could say this. We could say if you earn $3,000 a month and your bills and all of your expenses are $2,500 a month, then you would have $500 in margin, Right? You with me on this? You got the math. You make three thousand. You spend twenty five hundred. You've got five hundred dollars left over at the end of the month. That's five hundred dollars of margin. That's good. I mean, can I just be honest? Five hundred left at the end of the month. Whoo! That just makes me all gooey inside. I mean, are you with me? Now, now, some of you would say, well, I make 3000 a month and my bills are 3000 because I'm maxed out and I have how much margin? Zilch, zero, no pennies, nada, nothing. You have no margin. So what does that mean? Nothing can break. Nobody can get sick. Huh. And then there may be some of you here today go, Pastor, that ain't nothing. I make 3000 a month and I spend 3500 a month. We ain't going to talk about that today. Because <laughs> that needs to be one-on-one. Not in a church setting. Amen? Financial margin is like the spare tire on your car. You ever get caught without a spare? Or you ever get caught and your spare was flat? I shared a story in our financial class this week. I said there was this summer I was working, cutting grass, and, and I, I got this little small trailer. It's a little single axle trailer, and it had some bad tires on it. But I had a spare, so I wasn't too worried. In the middle of the summer, it's hot, and I'm leaving, I'm leaving uh, somewhere around Opelousas, and I get on I-49. I'm heading to I-10 to come home, and, man, I'm, I'm blasting down the highway. Got this, this mower and weed eater and all this stuff on my trailer, and I'm, I'm going, and all of a sudden, <laughs> blow a tire on a trailer. So, man, I pull over. I'm like, God. I mean, the asphalt's hot. Everything's hot. Cars are flying by. And I'm out there. I'm like, and I change. I put my spare tire on. I'm like, oh, thank God I got a spare. Whew. Throw, the, throw the flat one in my truck. I'm like, I'll go fix that tomorrow. Now, I, I get back on the interstate. And I'm going down. And I get on I-10. I just get on I-10. Man, I'm cruising. Just get up to about 70. On my way to 75. <laughs> spare tire blew. It was dry rotted. Now what you going to do? All your equipment's on the trailer, and you don't have another spare, and you sure ain't going to limp it back, because then you're going to jack your rim up, right? I said, oh, Lord, I got to leave my stuff on the side of the highway. Took both my tires, my two flat tires, and I went to the tire store, and guess what? I wasn't ready to pay for that. 
But that's what life looks like when you have no financial margin. When you earn 3000 a month and you spend 3000 a month or 3500 Right? You've got no spare. We've been taking this financial class by Crown Financial Ministries. And it, it, this week was on the, on the, the lesson was on saving. And they, they believe that everybody can save money. And some of you went, yeah, right. I'm hearing thoughts this morning. I don't know what the deal is, but yeah, right, whatever. But they encourage you to, to work hard to save $1,000. Okay? That's your first goal is to save $1,000. Put it in savings. It's, a, it's an oh, shoot fund. You can replace it with whatever you want to. It's an old shoot fund, okay? That's for whenever shoot happens. Because <laughs> it happens, right? Air condition breaks down, what do you do? Oh, shoot! They encourage you to save a thousand and put it up as an old shoot fund, and then they said they then they encourage you to save three months of your wages. In case something serious happens. And you know what? As crazy as that sounds, inside of me, something has peace. It goes, wow, that's wise. That's smart. You see, if I'd have been wise this summer, I would have checked my tires out and made sure my tires were good before I took off down the interstate. And what's sad is that most people that are getting married today at a young age are trying to get what their parents have in the first five years of marriage. And it's, it, it took their parents 30 years to get what they got. Right. But you can skip ahead if you what? If you borrow, if you get some credit, right, if you stretch yourself out or, or maybe it's if we both get a job. Right. We want to hurry up and get it now. I want it now. One of the other things they taught us in our, our financial class is that if you're going to make a major purchase, and I consider major $1,000 or more, if you're going to make a major purchase, you need to wait 30 days before you make that purchase to see if you can, if you can shop a better deal, find a better deal, find something else, change your mind. And actually, what they're really trying to get you is to think if you really need it. Maybe it gives the Holy Spirit 30 days to tell you, hey, you don't need that. Maybe. I don't know. Financial margin is having money left over at the end of the month. It's possible and it's a good thing. It really is. And listen, I know some of you here, I can look at your face. You're feeling beat up right now. And that's not my intentions today is to beat you up. My intentions today are to actually set you free. I want to set you free today. You know why? Because I needed somebody to set me free from financial bondage. So what we're about to jump into, I just want you to hear me, okay? I want you to hear me. I see people in this church locked up financially. God's been showing it to me for a, for a month or so now. And it, it's breaking my heart. I'll tell you after church. <laughs> Watch what Proverbs says. You ready for this? Ooh, yeah. Are you ready for this? 
Ready or not, I'm coming. I mean, I'm like a bull in the china closet. Here he goes. Proverbs 21.20 says, The wise have wealth and luxury, but fools spend whatever they get. Wow. My wife and I, we just realized that I, I deal with cash better than I do credit cards than plastic. You know why? Because I swipe it and I don't see nothing leaving my hand. I still got my credit card. Swipe, 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 stick it back in your wallet. Swipe, I still, I still got my credit card. Right? That's just, that's me. Some of you can manage a credit card. I can't, okay? I, I've tried to pay it out at the end of 30 days. I can't. So we said, okay, we're going to take cash. Okay, so I get $20 a week now. <laughs> and I thought that was plenty. I was like, oh, yeah, baby, 20 Shoot, that's plenty. Man, I went to lunch at Wendy's this week. Eight eighty-eight for a burger. And I had to pay in cash, and I had a 20 And it was like, oh. <laughs> I mean, the lady was like, no. <laughs> you break my 20 when you know how it is when you break a 20 what happens it says goodbye right because ones don't hang around and fives are pretty quick so i started dealing in cash you know what it's kicking my tail i mean i'm looking i'm actually looking at the dollar menu get you some of that i mean i believe i can eat three sets of five piece nuggets and a $1 fry, i get it under $8, I promise you. Or is somebody with me? We're going to make something happen. You ain't getting my 20. But the Bible says the wise have wealth and luxury, but fools spend whatever they get. That means as soon as they get it, they spend it. You know what burns me up is that when we get like a tax return or we get some money, a big chunk of money, if we don't hurry up and stick that sucker in savings... It's gone. And ain't nobody happy, happy, happy. Because then you, you wait for about a month and, you know, in my mind, I got all these plans. Man, we got, woo, we got some Monday. I'm going to buy this. I'm going to buy that. I'm shopping, all right? Online, shopping. I say, hey, babe, I found, I found a good deal on this thing. She goes, oh, great. We ain't got no money. <laughs> well, 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 what do you mean? We, we, just, we just put some money. She goes, mm-hmm, it's gone. I mean, what do you mean it's gone? Well, baby, it said goodbye. <laughs> yeah, then you got to deal with depression. I mean, being broke is expensive. But the Bible says that who has wealth and luxury? The wise. Who spends all that they get? That's what the Bible says. I'm not calling you a fool if you spend all your money. That's just what the Bible said. Fool. The wise man has wealth and luxury, but fools spend whatever they got. First Timothy 6, 6 says this, says, yet true godliness with contentment is itself great wealth. Man, I wish I had a whiteboard right now. On the whiteboard, it would say godliness and contentment. I misspelled that. Contentment (laughs) equals great wealth. Are you with me? Godliness with contentment means that you're wealthy. I know some, some friends of mine who aren't 
rich with money. But can I tell you something? They're some of the most wealthiest people I know. You know where their greatest asset is? (laughs) And their greatest wealth is found? In their relationship with God. Because out of that flows everything that you need for life. Money can't buy what God can do. Are you with me? The Bible says that great wealth is godliness plus contentment. That's great wealth. So if you want to be wealthy, get you some godliness and get you some contentment. You know what that really means in in Cajun terms? Man, you got to get close to God and you got to be satisfied with what you got. That was for anybody who didn't understand. Okay? You get close to God and you be satisfied with what you got. We try to just break it down as much as we can today. Verse 7 to 10 says this. After all, we brought nothing with us when we came into the world. You was butt naked. Don't forget it. You was butt naked. And we can't take anything with us when we leave it. (laughs) How many people you see trying to die with millions in their bank account? To me, it it just tells me that they're mad at all their relatives. Because they're going to leave that money for them to fight about. That's the way I've always experienced it. I'm sorry, I've never gotten to a situation where mama had this much set aside, daddy had that much set aside, and it went for this person and that person. I had no organization in that. I had money coming to me from different directions, and everybody and their mama was mad at me. And I was like, what the heck just happened? I'm now the enemy. I got the bullseye on me. I've seen people steal and cheat. I'm like, why? You can't take it with you. All the stuff you earn on on earth is trash in heaven. The the, the Bible doesn't say the streets are paved with bills. The Bible says the streets are paved with gold. I heard a story the other day. There was this wealthy uh, lady and and she had a caretaker who was up in age also. And and they spent a lot of time together. And the the, the caretaker didn't have a lot of money. And the wealthy lady, well, she she was wealthy, so she had a lot of money. So they they would go to church. And every Sunday, the the caretaker would give generously. Every Sunday morning, she put a generous amount in the tithe. And then and the wealthy lady, she would just write the same check every week. You, you with me? So they both pass away and they go to heaven and, and the caretaker actually got there before the wealthy lady did. And the wealthy lady gets up there and she goes, well, hey, where's, where's she, she sees Peter. She goes, where's Maria? Um, I'm looking for Maria. And Peter goes, oh, well, there's Maria's house right there. And it was this five story mansion. Blinged out. You with me? I mean, like blinged out. And she's like, wow, Maria did good. I can't wait to see what mine's going to look like. Because if that's Maria's, then mine's got to be like, hmm. So she's like, okay, Peter, let's go find my place. So they, they're walking down the road and they, they go from the five-story district to the four-story district down to the three-story district to the final, they get to the flats, the one-story houses. And she's kind of going, well, there got to be something better down the road. You know what I mean? Sure, there's another subdivision. In heaven, you know, maybe this was like the poor folk. This, I need to go across the tracks, Peter, is what she's thinking. So they walk out into this open field and they lean up on a tree and Peter's kind of like, whew, whew. 
she goes, well, well, Peter, what's up? Where are we going? She says, he's like, well, we're here. She goes, what do you mean we're here? And he said, well, well, there's your place. And she goes, man, Peter, that's a doghouse. He said, well, yeah, I mean, we did what we could with what you gave us. I'm just saying. I felt the same way. Yeah. Man, that's hard, isn't it? But you know what the difference is in that story? It's kind of like the widow's mite. When the disciples were watching the widow come up with her two little mites, and she put it in, and then the rich man came, and he gave a greater portion than she did, and the disciples were looking, and Jesus said, you know who made the greatest sacrifice? You know who gave the most? Was the woman who gave out of her lack, not the guy who gave out of his surplus. You see, the, the truth is when you make more, you're expected to give more. Come on, that's the parable of the talents. The guy that, that had the 10 talents, God gave him, the, 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 the owner gave him 10 talents. He went out and he earned 10 more talents. He came back. What did, the, what did the owner say? Well done, my faithful servant. Take this. And the guy that was given one, he was scared. So what did he do? He kind of hung on to it. He was afraid. Some of us are living in fear today that we're, I can't tithe because I might not pay my bills. I can't do this because I won't be able to do that. It's fear. That's, that's who you are. That's what you look like in God's eyes. That guy, he actually called him wicked. Kicked him out the kingdom. And said, take what he's got and give it to the man that did something with what I gave him. You can't take it with you. The funny thing is, the more you give away now, the more you got when you get there. Because you're going to be judged by what you've done on this planet. And your rewards will be according to what you've done while you were here. Are you with me? We're not talking about salvation. You can't buy your salvation. Nothing like that. We're talking about rewards. You with me so far? Verse 9 says, but people who long to be rich fall into temptation and are trapped by many foolish and harmful desires that plunge them into ruin and destruction. People that desire to be rich fall into traps if they're not careful. Now, I know some, in today's terms, rich, godly people. But let me tell you something. It didn't just happen overnight. There's a lot of temptation that comes when you set your heart to be rich and to build God's kingdom. You see, that was my prayer when I went into business. I said, this is my exact prayer. I said, Lord, I want to be rich so that I can financially build your kingdom. That was my desire. If I could just show you all the temptations I faced along the way with my desire to be rich, even though I wanted to build the kingdom. Are you with me? Even though my heart was right, there was temptations that came. And if I would have took them, it would have led me down a road of ruin and destruction. Amen? He says, be careful with that. Verse 10 says, for, for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Not money, but the love of money. Right? You know how you love money? You know how you know if you love money? Is it what you think about more than anything else? Right? Because your wife, your wife will generally say, well, if you love me, then you're usually thinking about me. Thinking about taking me out on a date. Thinking about buying me some new clothes. Thinking about helping me out around the house. Right? Well, the same is true with money. If, if you're constantly thinking about money, 
then chances are you're dating money. You're having a relationship with money or relations, however you want to say it. And some people craving money have wandered from the true faith and pierced themselves with many sorrows. You know, God, God does not want you to have money. He actually gave us the ability to earn money. Okay, you might think that you're smart and talented, but really God's the one that gave you that. Amen. Amen. He wants you to have money. He knows that on this planet, you need to have money to pay your bills, to buy food. That's why when the, 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 the Pharisees tried to trip Jesus up with the tax thing, he said, well, show me a coin. And they showed him a coin and said, whose name is on this coin? They said, well, it's Caesar or whoever it was, the Roman officer. They said, well, good, give, give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar. Right? God knows you need money. And he's fully capable of giving you more than you could ever handle. The truth is, is that he's not going to do that. Right? So be careful with your money. Matthew six nineteen to 21 says, Don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart are. You want to know where your heart's at? Find your treasure. Because wherever your treasure is, that's where your heart is. My pastor says, you know, I can tell where your heart's at. Just give me your checkbook. <laughs> you can get my checkbook. Right? Wherever your treasure is is where your heart is. Wherever your heart is, that's where your treasure is. It's God's word. And I know we all want our heart in the right place, right? Because we want our treasure to be the right thing. Your treasure needs to be Christ, not money. That's why he can, he can make statements in the Bible that if you'll, if you'll seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then all these things will be added to you. The problem is, is we want to take care of the things and not take care of the relationship. Right? Because we got this we fix it mentality. I'll fix it. I got it. I'll fix it. I'll do it. I'll handle it. God don't move fast enough for me. Right? God's waiting till the day the bill's due to bring me the money. Well, so what? At least you got the money. Maybe he's trying to teach you a little patience. Maybe he's trying to teach you you need to start praying sooner. Instead of the day before the bill's due. <laughs> right? You getting something so far? Come on, does it feel bad? Don't lie. I love you. And we're going to get set free today. Let me give you a couple of statistics. You know, generally, only the average Christian gives about 2% of their income towards God. You know, there's people in our church that give to God, but they don't give their tithes. <laughs> I'm going to say this, and this might be a little harsh. And I want you to hear, I'm not bragging. My son, who is 12 years old, is not at the bottom of our tithe sheet. He's actually about a quarter of the way up. 
That's a good thing. But you know what? He only cut a few yards this summer. He doesn't have a full-time job. He doesn't have an allowance. He doesn't get paid to do anything around the house. His payment is he eats and sleeps. Are you with me? Now, that's a hard statement. It's hard for me to say that. But my point is this, is that some people here are tipping God. And you're not giving your full 10%. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to stand before God with a bunch of tips. I want to stand before God. Money's not even the issue. Are you with me? My account's paid. It's done. There it is. Booyah. Get you some of that. Right? Because I'm, I'm set free from that. You see, tithing is a non-negotiable in my life. It is the first thing we do with our money. When we get the check, we write the tithe. Then we grab the bills and we start paying the bills. You know why? Because God can do more with 90% than I can with 100%. I'm going to say that again. God can do more with 90% than I can with 100%. You know why? Because my 90% is blessed. It's blessed. My 100% is cursed. I'll prove it to you in scripture. Point number one is you will experience God's blessing when you have some margin in your finances and you put God first. You will experience God's blessings. Let's go to Malachi. I want to prove this point to you. Malachi 3, 8 to 10 says this. Should people cheat God? Yet you have cheated me. But you ask, what do you mean? When did we ever cheat you? You have cheated me of the tithes and offerings due to me. You are under a curse for your whole nation has been cheating me. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse so that there will be enough food in my temple. I've lived on that side. And I know a lot of people that live on that side. And it breaks my heart to say this, but there's a lot of people in this church that live on that side. And I just want to give you this little side note. The church don't need your money. This campus right here is financially successful. It is healthy. We brought in financial analyzers to come in. We are doing great. Okay? So this ain't about the church making more money. I don't need your money. You need to give your money to God so he can bless it. It's not a me issue. It's not a church issue. It's a your heart issue. And I'm just telling you that his word is true. That when you tithe your full 10%, he blesses it. He blesses it. We've been at the point where we didn't have enough money to pay bills. And we're sitting there looking at one another. What are we going to do? I'm like, I don't care, baby. We're going to tithe. We're going to tithe. I know we don't have the money to tithe, but we're going to tithe. Write the full, the whole thing, the full 10%. Because you know why? Because I'm a whole God's feet to the fire. You said if I tithe 10%, you're going to do this. So here you go, buddy. I love a good challenge. Here you go. 10%. Now what you going to do? That's exactly how I did it. I had the attitude and everything. My, my wife's gynecologist. I was about to say my gynecologist. My wife's gynecologist. <laughs> that would have been weird. My wife's OBGYN. I can't remember. That's kind of like sound like C3PO and R2D2 and... I'd have got that all confused. But anyway, her, her OBGYN, 
called the next day and said, our records show that you overpaid us, Miss Tyler. And my wife, she's a good bookkeeper. She goes, nope, didn't overpay you. This is what the bill said we owed. This is what we paid. No, Miss Tyler, you overpaid us by about 400 and something dollars. Nope, sure didn't. Well, Miss Tyler, we're sending you a check. Okay. <laughs> but, you know, just for the record, we didn't overpay you, but if you're going to, okay. If it had been me, she'd be like, you overpaid us. I was like, good, send me the money. <laughs> and it's, it's not up for discussion. We don't need to talk about it. You, you want to give me some, give it to me. Right? I'm like, bring it on, baby. That was the first time. The very first time. And let me tell you something. Financially, we were being as unwise as you could be. We were maxed out in credit. We had, we had everything financed. We, even, we might even had the, the first baby financed. I don't know. It just, we had everything financed. We moved in a brand new house, had our first baby on the same weekend. We both drove brand new cars. She had college we were still paying for. And then... In all of our infinite wisdom, we decided for her to quit working. Man, that took half the income and see ya. We went from seventy or eighty thousand to thirty-five thousand dollars. All that happened in about the same month, and I went, and we're gonna tithe. I'm sorry, baby. I just really am. <laughs> If you don't tithe, according to the scriptures, I just want you to hear this. According to the scriptures, if you don't tithe the full 10%, you're cursed. I don't like to use that word curse. Are you with me? You're cursed. Let me tell you what that looks like in modern day terms. That looks like you got more bills than money at the end of the month. That looks like you can never catch up. That looks like when you get your tax return that you've been banking on all year. Number one, it ain't as big as you thought it was. And then all of a sudden, something breaks down a day or two before you get it. You're cursed. Now, so what are you saying, Pastor, that nothing breaks down at your house? Things break down all the time. The difference is, is it's blessed. The money's there. I had a, a water line break underneath my concrete slab in my house a couple months back. And let me tell you something, I had plans for this money. I was going to redo a bathroom and I had all these dreams and visions of this bathroom. We're going to, we're going to get this thing done because we're down to two. We got four bathrooms. We're down to two. Okay. Two of them broke down. That gets tight. Okay. Two, three, four women in the house and the dog, he's been fixed. So I don't know where he falls in, but it's just me and he anyway, bathrooms are tight. So, so I get mad. I get frustrated. I'm like, golly. I mean, I'm sitting walking around the house like, Phew. when I get mad, I blow off steam like that. Phew. And my wife looks at me, she goes, what's wrong? I'm like, it's going to cost us $2,500 to fix this. And then she's like, <laughs> golly, I'm like, baby, calm down. But I'm just, I'm frustrated. I'm going, God, and we had some money in savings. I had a spare tire, you know, but I didn't want to use it for that. But you know what? I was blessed because I had it to pay for it. The plumber came. He did all of his stuff. I had to pay for this guy with these stinking uh, sonar thing. He could find the pipe by listening. On the, uh, 
I had to pay for him. And in the process, my hot water heater is 30 years old. I had to buy a new hot water heater. And my wife looked at me and she goes, you know what, baby? Thank God we had it. That's the difference between being blessed and being cursed. Are you hearing me? Does this make sense? I'm not trying to beat you up this morning. I'm not trying to curse you. Do you hear me? I'm trying to get you into blessed land. Anybody want to go to blessed land? Start tithing your full 10% and make it the first priority of your money. Is that my first 10 goes to God because I want to live in blessing land. Watch the rest of this verse. Verse 10, he says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse so there will be enough food in my temple. If, if you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I, him personally, will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't, even, you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. Put me to the test. God is telling you, Try me. Try me. I dare you to try me. Come on, somebody. Try me. Give me your first 10% and see if I won't open the windows and pour out on you more than you can contain. Somebody just got to try him. Somebody's got to try him. And let me tell you something. God's not a chicken. He's not like the kid in the schoolyard says, drew a line on the desk. You come across that line, I'm going to hit you. And you come across that line, draws a number. You come across that line, I'm going to hit you. He, that's not God. When he draws a line, he means it. He, you draw a line, you come across, you're getting popped. How do you know that, Pastor? Because I live it. I live it. Are you hearing me? I live it. I just want you to be free. It's just time to get past this whole tithe issue. It's time to go from curse land to, to bless land. And it's not about how much money you got. It's not about how many materials you have. It's about your rich relationship. It's about your godliness and your contentment. That's where your wealth is found. Money can come and go. We had money in stocks when everything crashed. We ain't got that no more. I'm like, forget them folk. I'm going to do like my grandma. I'm going to put it in a can. (laughs) Shoot. She had more money than the president. God says, I can do more with your 90% than you can do with your 100%. Just test me in this. He said, just test me and I will bless you. So if you're tired of being in cursed land, all you got to do is come across. All you got to do is try him. Practically, all you got to do is take your tithe, make it the first thing, full 10%. Some people say, well, pastor, do we go, do we tithe gross or do we tithe off the net? My pastor told me when I asked that question, you want a gross return or do you want a net return? <laughs> Booyah, I'll get you some of that. <laughs> I, I tithe off the max. I'm shooting, I throw a little bit extra. I'm like, just in case. Say something falls out the envelope, just... No, it's really our heart's desire to go beyond 10%. Because let me tell you something. When you fall in love with God and your relationship gets healthy with God, you'll give him everything you got. 
you'll turn it all over to him. You'll give him the keys to your car, even if it is a Ford. You'll give him everything. You're like, here, God, you just take this. It's yours. You bless it because it's, it's all good. Right? When you fall in love with God, what you got don't matter no more. Are you hearing me? When he tells you to go clean out your closet and give it to somebody else who's your size, that's rare for me. He says, you go do it. You're like, Lord, but that suit cost me $200, Lord. Give it. Okay, it's yours. Number two, you will become supernaturally content. Doesn't mean you won't be tempted. I don't want to preach a false gospel this morning. Doesn't mean you're not going to be tempted to not be content. Right? Because somebody's always going to buy the latest version. Right? The 80-inch plasma is going to get cheaper next year. Probably right after Christmas. You bunch of suckers. (laughs) Talking to me. Somebody's going to have a new house. They're going to put this new product in here. And they're going to have this. They're going to get a new do. It's going to be a new dress, a new boots. There's always new. But you will become supernaturally content when you've got financial margin in your life. Proverbs 15, 16 says, better. Say that word with me. Say better. One, two, three. Better. Say it again. One, two, three. Better. Better to have little with fear for the Lord than to have great treasures and inner turmoil. Anybody got a little turmoil this morning? Come on. It's time to get rid of the turmoil. It's better to have a little and a healthy fear of God than to have a bunch and be in turmoil. Right? Number three. I'm going to wrap it up right here. You will end up with more of what matters. Because it ain't going to be about things no more. It's going to be about people. It's going to be about relationships. Are you hearing me? I just just started making friends, becoming friends with this older gentleman. I don't know, maybe he's in his 60s or something, in 70s maybe. And he's a guy, I, I'm, honestly, he's one of my new heroes. He, I look up to him. He's, he kind of lives out, not doesn't live off the land like a, like a, a mountain man or something. But, I mean, he, you know, he's got a truck. His wife's got a car living in a nice place. If you looked at it, you swear they both had, a, both had jobs and you know, we're financially doing well, but that's not the case. He just picks up some side work, raises some sheep, does some things like this. And I, and I go and I spend time with him. I talk to him because I want what he's got. You follow me? And let me tell you what I want that he's got. He's got this inner peace going on. He's got this, this kind of, it's, it's kind of like he's got this, and I'm going to say this word. Don't think of it how MTV says it. He's got this swag. Okay. He's got this thing about him. That just, it, it attracts me. And it's healthy, okay? Don't, don't, don't go fruity on me. But it, it attracts me because he's got something I want. And you know what he's got? He's got financial peace. And he's got great wealth because he's got godliness and he's got contentment. He don't have the newest everything. His truck's probably pushing 10 years old. His wife's car's probably pushing 8 years old. It's all in good shape. Takes very good care of everything that he has. He doesn't move fast. He walks kind of slow and he talks kind of slow. That's the kind of people I need to be around. Are you with me? Because I, I need to slow down. I'm like, let's go here. Let's go there. It's kind of like when you got a, a stubborn mule and an old wise mule and you, and you yoke them together. You know why you do that, huh? For the, the, the young stubborn mule to calm down. 
And so God's been bringing people like that into my life. But he's got something I want. And it's greater than any amount of money I've ever made. It's greater than any material possession I've ever had. He's a godly man. Him and his wife get up every morning and they read their Bible together. Over a cup of coffee. And the funny thing is they live, they live on, a, on a busy street, a busy highway locally. And, and when you're sitting in his house, it's like you got all this peace. And you can hear everything outside. Shoo, 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 shoo. And they're like, praise God. <laughs> Seriously. Praise God. The Lord is good. <laughs> well, baby, you ready to go to the store? I'm going to feed the chickens. If it's that kind of an attitude. It's that kind of a lifestyle. It's, it's today, it's weird. It really is weird because it's not the normal. Financial margin isn't being, I don't even hear people talking about it. You don't hear people talk about saving money now. You know, I was, I was watching TV the other day and the Finger Hut commercial came out. How many of you are familiar with Finger Hut, right? And he's got the person sitting next to him with this thing with a shirt on that says budget. So, you know, for years, my budget had me strapped and wouldn't let me do this and wouldn't let me do that. But, but Finger Hut now lets me pay monthly payments so that I can buy all the things that my budget told me I used to couldn't buy. And the budget's sitting over there playing with the toys and all this. And, oh, yeah. and I go, wow, that's a lie. That's a lie. And then you know what? If you're not careful, that just gets repeated in your mind. When you're watching TV, you're listening to the radio, right? That's just junk coming at you. And if you don't know where to, where to dispose that or if you don't have a trash bin for that to go to, in other words, if you ain't reading your Bible and, and having a rich relationship with God, that stuff's going to affect you. You're going to start saying what you hear. Oh, my budget for years said I couldn't do this, man. Thank God for finger hut. Oh, now I can buy whatever I want. Monthly payments. Is that that not the truth? I just want us to be healthy. I don't, when I think about this church and I think about the people here that tithe and the ones that are tipping and the ones that don't tithe, because I know who you are. When I think about you, I don't have a dollar mind, a dollar amount in my mind. You with me? It's not about the dollar amount. It's about your health. Healthy people obey God. Amen? Healthy people obey God. They create margin. I'm not mad at you. I'm not, I'm not talking about you behind your back. As a pastor, I just want to shepherd you. And that's part of shepherding you. Amen? So if you leave mad today, I've made it clear that that wasn't my intentions. You can just go be mad by yourself. Don't take nobody with you. Everybody's an equal opportunity mad person. You can get mad all by yourself. So Marie... So number one, you'll experience God's blessing. Number two, you will become supernaturally content. That means the things of this world, it's like that old hymn, the things of this world will, will grow strangely dim. 
in the light of his goodness and grace. Isn't that sweet? The things of this world will grow strangely dim in the light of his grace. Wow. You know what margin is? What it really is, is it's really grace. It's you making room for God's grace. You with me? When it's relational, it's, it's you're making room that you don't take on too much. You don't overload your schedule. You don't, you don't take on more than you can handle to make sure that you can take care of those one to three relationships that are your priority. Are you with me? Spiritual margin is, is you're making enough time to take care of that number one and you're spiritually healthy. You're in the word. You know the truth. And the truth will set you free when the lie comes on TV. When finger hut commercials come out, you know the truth. You start talking to the TV. And financial margin is when you, you got enough that when God says, hey, I want you to go bless your little old neighbor. You know how you know when you got financial margin? When, you, when your prayer changes. When you go from saying, Lord, I need. Lord, I need. Lord, I don't have enough. Lord, help. Help me, Lord. Help me. When you stop praying, help me, Lord. And you start praying, Lord, I got some extra and I want to do something with it. Set me up, Lord. I remember one time I had a little extra change. Now, I, I put it in my wallet. And I said, all right, Lord, I'm going to try you out. Tell me who you want me to bless. And he tried me out. I kept that thing for three weeks. Drove me crazy. Because if you got money, you won't spend it. I'm like, come on, Lord. You got to tell me. I was about to give it to somebody just to get rid of it. And finally, one day, out the blue, he said, I want you to give it to him. This guy was walking up. We were at church doing some kind of practice. This guy comes walking up and says, I want you to give it to him. And I went over there and said, hey. I said, Lord, want me to bless you. I love you. And I walked away. If I didn't have margin, I'd have never had that experience. How many of you want that experience? How many of you want to be just a blessing avenue for God to drive down? Where you just, you're like, Lord, my life is in line. I'm, I, I've got margin. It's healthy. I want you to come down my street. Are you with me? That comes with margin. Can you stand up with me today? The ushers come and we get ready to receive tithes and offerings. Go ahead, ushers. You can pass it out. Proverbs 8, 18 to 19 says, I have riches and honor as well as, as enduring wealth and justice. My gifts are better than gold, even the purest gold. My wages better than sterling silver. God's given us wisdom. He's given you everything you need to have margin in your life. He wants you to live that abundant life. He wants you to be wealthy. But his wealth is godliness and contentment. That's great wealth. That's godly wealth. Godliness and contentment. You know, they, they say as soon as you buy a computer, they're already making a new one. 
right? As soon as you buy the latest plasma, they've already got a new one coming out. As soon as you buy the next iPhone, there will be a new one a couple months later, usually six months to a year, there's another one coming, right? There's always going to be something new. Doesn't mean you got to go get it. Are you with me? Doesn't mean you got to go chase it down. Amen? Let me pray for you. Just, just open your hands like this. And listen, if you're here this morning and you've been holding back from God or you've been tipping God or not even tithing at all and you just, you got your issues with tithing. And listen, there's people that got some deep theological issues with tithing. But they can't argue with what my story is. If that's you today, listen, I, I'm, I'm begging you. Seriously, I will get on my knees and beg you if that'll do it. Test him. Test him. And listen to me, it doesn't matter how old you are. If you're five years old, if you're 12 years old, start testing God right now. Amen? So while I'm praying, I just want you, if you need to lay something down, if you need to repent, if you need to just give it up to God, give it up to God today, right now. Just give it to him. Say, Lord, I don't know, but I, I, I'm going to try to trust you and just do it. Father, I thank you for today. I thank you for this word. I thank you that you have proven this word in my life time and time and time and time again, Lord. I thank you that, Father, you, you're always proving your faith to me, Lord. You're always showing up. You're always faithful, Lord. In the smallest details, you're faithful, Lord. Father, I want to be rich in relationships. I want to be rich in godliness and in contentment, Lord. I want to be used by you in a mighty way, Father. I don't want no chains on me. I don't want no shackles on my feet. Lord, I want to be free to dance, to run, to go here, to go there, to do whatever it is you'd have me do. I trust you, Lord. I trust you and I give my untrust. I give my disbelief. I give my doubt, my, my, my own theories. I give all of that to you today, Lord. I give my fear to you. I give my fear to you, Lord. Help us today, Father. Help us to create margin relationally, spiritually, emotionally, Lord. Help us to take time to rest and relax and reflect. Help us to take care of the most important things that you've put in our life, our first four, Lord, our top four. Help us to take care of that. Lord, I want to just be healthy, Father. As a church, I want us to be healthy. Not struggling anymore, Lord. I'm tired of seeing folks struggling. Struggling. When they got the key to unlock the chains in their hands, Lord, they're struggling financially. Help us, Lord. Help us to be a church that gives grossly. We grossly give to people in this region, Lord to build your name and your kingdom in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.